welcome to episode 41 of the Rock and Roll Research Podcast, where we share the super cool backstories and side gigs of the research and insights pros that you trust. Well, you know, the market research industry has a very long value chain. And chances are, if you've been in this space for any period of time, at some point you've had to rely on a company called Fieldwork, either for their participant recruiting, their 15 or so world-class focus group facilities, or their domestic or global project management capabilities. Well, today's guest is Sarah Katva, Executive Vice President at Fieldwork, where she started some, oh, 21 years or so ago. Don't mean to date you, sorry about that, Sarah. But in true rock and roll research fashion, what she really wanted to do was plan events, which to me means probably like Slayer concerts. That's my guess. That's what I'd want to do if I were planning events, but. While she ended up in research, I think she found that maybe it's not so different after all. So welcome to the podcast today, Sarah. Thank you, Matt. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. I'm super excited to have you. Super excited. So, so we're talking field work, right? So how did you, how did you find your way into this and, and why have you stuck around all these years? I think that my story is like so many other people in our industry. Um, it was really true networking. I had uh, had a friend in college that also fell into it, and um, I was working at a job actually planning conferences. So not quite the, the parties and concerts and events, but conferences. Yes, exactly. And um, it just wasn't a right fit for me because it was a very head down, non-collaborative environment. And I was just sort of interested in, in seeing what else was out there. I was very lucky that the, the job market was great at the time. And I faxed over a resume and um, somebody that I studied abroad with that I had a lot of fun, a very fun summer with. Had, you know, the resume found um, her and I, I got passed along. So um, I think that uh, I really didn't know necessarily what I was in for, but I thought to myself, you know, if my friend can do it, I can do it too. And I went for it. I think the reason that I have stayed so long is because I do think that this particular support, uh, you know, support system that fieldwork is to the industry just suits me very, very well. I'm naturally right. curious. Um, I like goals. I like, you know, they're kind of short-term goals. You learn a lot about, um, you learn a little bit about a lot of things um, in the process. And um, I think ultimately I've stuck around because I think the industry is full of super cool and interesting people. And I think that field workers that I work with and I collaborate with are just, are really fun. Yeah, cool, cool. So I, I have certainly been uh, behind the glass at, uh, at many of field work uh, over the years. But so, so tell me about, uh, you, you mentioned you were, you were doing some conference planning, um, mm -hmm. but when we talked earlier, you said that event planning you thought was, was in your future, destined for something like that. So, so tell me about where that interest came from and uh, you know, what, what that is to you. Yeah, I think that, you know, a lot of people grow up differently and some have a, you know, very, uh, an early on passion for things and they are, have a, you know, a clear path that they want to take. I wasn't like that. I sort of, um, you know, I went to school, I went to college, I was having a great time. I saw an, an Oprah guest, Colin Cowie, and he looked <laughs> like he planned really fun and beautiful parties. So I thought, you know what, let's, let's look into that. But, you know, the reality of party planning and event planning is it's a lot of, nights and weekends and it's a, it's a lot of work and um 
What I liked about what I found similar with field work is that as a project manager, you're doing some of the same things. You're problem solving, you're anticipating needs, you know, client needs, and you're using your experience to hopefully help guide the next process, the next client to a better result. And so I think that some of those skills that I thought that I wanted or some of the things, the day-to-day activity that I thought I wanted in a career, I was able to find uh, being starting off as a project manager for our network division at Fieldwork. Yeah, yeah, that that seems to be um, just thinking of the nature of qualitative research, especially in-person uh, type of research, I can I can certainly see the connection there. So, if, have you had a chance to uh, to exercise that interest of event planning at all? Uh, you know, beyond say project work in your time at field work. Yes, I mean I've been very very fortunate to carve out a great role. I think that uh, project management um, in the qualitative space it does it, you just learn so much. It's a quick pace. Yeah. Your communication skills are so very important. Um, but eventually my career did evolve into doing more sort of business development and then internal right. operations, you know, field work believes in bringing people together in person. We've spent a lot of resources, time and money to, um, you know, bring field workers together because we really yeah. believe in sharing operational best practices. So yeah, eventually my job did, um, sort of turn into an event planning job because <laughs> I was, um, part of or influence, you know, the, the meetings of our, of our teams. And that pre-pandemic was anywhere between, I don't know, gosh, four and, and 10 times a year. I think the, the good news is we do like to really hang out with each other and learn from each other. So um, we really look forward to getting back to that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, that's one thing that I've, I've really missed, I think um, with the pandemic and everything, everyone's sort of heads down and, um, even, you know, much of my background is, is in quant too, but it's always exciting to actually get a chance to go to focus groups and see what consumers have to say and engaging directly with, uh, with, with people. Well, in addition to just engaging with the customer, I think what's missing is the, the small group conversations that you have with your colleague, you know, what you hear an aha moment, you go, you know, hey, can I talk to you real quick? What do you think about this? Or, you know, on the way out of the group in the evening, on the way to dinner or to the ho- back to the hotel, there's a lot of conversation and afterthoughts. I tend to have some, you know, a bulletin board brain. I think about something, I talk about something, and then I'm like, oh, wait, why didn't I say that or have a different idea? So I think what's also missing with the fact that people aren't um, necessarily always coming to do um people are coming back to do focus groups. And I think that that's, that is enhancing that experience by being able to share and collaborate with your colleagues. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good to hear. Um, So, so you're finding that post pandemic things are starting to open up more for uh, face-to-face research. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've been, um, our doors have been open about since May of 2020, and it's definitely uh-huh. been, you know, it's been slow, but it's starting to really pick up. I think that people do really just miss each other, and there's a lot of things that you can't do. I, I think that, um, you know, there's a time and a place for all methodologies and technology. Thank goodness we have this. What would yeah. life be like if this were 20 years ago? Um, but I, I do think that uh, the power and the magic and the energy of being together um, is, is, really, is really something. And I think people are truly craving it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's great to hear. So what kinds of 
Um, what kinds of projects are, are people looking to field work for nowadays as things are opening up? I, well, I would like all the, all the different methodologies in fieldwork stores. Um, but I would say that, um, you know, today in this moment in, in, in July, you know, the, the, the net is continuing to get wider. Um, you know, in the, in the beginning, in the earlier days when there were other options, you know, the things that you couldn't, re re uh, you couldn't replace it, you know, smelling, tasting, touching. Right. Um, there's also, yeah. yeah, a level of confidentiality in our industry that we take very seriously. And so there could be, you know, a lack of prototypes or, you know, if that was a time or, um, you know, because it was too expensive. So I think those types of um, in-person research are, are very important and they continue to be very important today. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so thinking ahead then, you know, with so much change from the pandemic, God, I'm tired of talking about the pandemic, but- I know, um, I know. And, and speculation about permanent change and all that sort of thing. So um, given your perspective, um, from the fieldwork perspective, what does, what does the maybe near and future look like for this kind of work? Yeah, I, I think there is a, is a bright future. I really do. And like I said before, I think there's a time and place for all the different technologies and methodologies and, and there's different reasons why uh, a client would choose one. But I do think that there is a pent up demand to really engage and get these deep insights with the consumer. And they're the aha moments. I think they are these random conversations and um you know our mutual friend priscilla she always says to me you know the good ideas are going to fall out of your mouth and it's up to you know yeah. other people to sort of scoop them up and i feel like that's what happens and like i was talking to you before about um about the the side conversations and the back and the back room or the conference room conversations or the conversations that you know back or after the groups i think those are equally important and those really do happen being in person you're just being put together and um and i think great ideas are generally for formulated through that kind of in-person um activity fieldwork has also uh collaborated with our competitors over the course of this difficult time and created a hashtag face-to-face -face mrx so um, we're really trying to promote the, um, you know, what happens in, in person. We wanted to bring the news story to everybody because at different times, people were in, in different places. And I think that as things are opening up, people are now aware that all the focus group facilities across the United States are open for business and, and really looking forward to helping our clients um, with some successful insights. Okay, cool. I have to go off script for this question because I it's something that I've always wanted to know, and I've I've got you here, and and you can probably answer this for me. So, having spent a lot of time behind the focus group glass, right? Um, what what are the most popular snacks for people when they're watching focus groups? Is it you cannot? Is it yes, yes. And every time we had an, a meeting at Fieldwork, I would say, you know, we would do a goodie bag for all the attendees. And I'm like, you can't have a Fieldwork meeting without M&Ms. You have to have <laughs> M&Ms. But, um, you know, I think that the snack thing is interesting because uh, Fieldwork is in the hospitality business. We are trying to support service to this industry. So keeping things fresh, I want clients to walk into a, you know, clients are going uh, city to city, back room to back room, you know, and they're watching these groups. And I, we always wanted to do things that made it special. So trying to find local options, trying oh, to find, yes. you know, that local potato chip versus, you know, the, the mess. But 
you know, the, the thing about, uh, I, that I like about fieldwork is there's always a lot of options. There's definitely, yeah. um, internally when we get together, we joke about having to do the Costco runs, having to do the grocery store runs. And now it's not just like a bag of groceries anymore. It's a full, a full stock up. All of our facilities are ready to go. Fully stocked. Definitely. You've got, you've got the sweet, you've got the salty, you've got, yeah. it all. you got it all. Okay. Good stuff. Um, okay. So this is a, this is a podcast, right? So um, what are some of the maybe podcasts or other media? It doesn't have to be a podcast, but other media that you're enjoying currently, either professionally or, or personally. Well, there's two books that I love um, that I some you know when I'm hitting um, hitting a hard time or you know there's a decision to be made. Sometimes I think about uh, it's uh, Option B by Sheryl Sandberg. Um, I love that book. It's um, it definitely can relate to your personal or your business life. And, and a book called uh, Setting the Table, it's about hospitality, Danny Meyer. Um, actually, Steve Flussinger recommended that book to me a long time ago. And I oh, love wow. that book so much. Yeah. Um, so I, I love those, those two books. I think both of them for business and for personal, you can apply. And I always think when it comes to those types of um those types of books, business books, like you have to just be able to take one or two tidbits away that you can apply. Some of it's not going to work. Some of it's not going to apply to your situation, but if you could take one or two things away, I think it's really, really helpful. And, um, I also, um, I do love the podcast that everybody probably says how I built this, but I am into the storytelling of it. I think that oftentimes with business, people just think, wow, what, that was a great idea. Poof, that just happened. And it, it's just never the case. And um, I love the storytelling, the behind the scenes. Um, so I love that. Cool, cool, excellent. All right, so this is about rock and roll too. This is about rock and roll too. Um, so I hope you've had a chance to think about this because this is a question that I really, really need to know an answer to. So. Hi. <laughs> I'm curious. So uh, this is a total surprise to me. I don't know what you're going to say. So you've stranded on a desert island, right, sir? Uh, mm-hmm. You've got three records, three records of your choosing to keep you company for the rest of your days. What are those records? So I did think about this and I thought back to the first time I remember having a CD player in my room and being at the store with my dad and begging him to buy the um, Bon Jovi slippery one wet CD for me. Yes. So that one would have to be there. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh, not my thumb. Not my thumb. Um, and then I was thinking with all of this, um, this free Britney stuff. Britney does bring me a lot of joy, a lot of fun times. So yeah. I think the the oops, I did it again. Um, she's getting a raw deal right now, by the way. She is. She yeah. is, but I think she's going to find her voice, and I think uh, people are listening, so good for her. All right, Team Brittany. Okay, all right, so we got Bon Jovi, we got Brittany. What else we got? I was thinking about perhaps a show tune, a musical, something that you could sort of, you know, go through your head. So I would say my third one would be the Hamilton soundtrack. Ah, yes, yes. Absolutely. Cool. Well, great, great choices, Sarah. Great choices. Uh, I noticed you didn't say Slayer, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, I'll get over it. It's okay. <laughs> no one said it yet. So, 
All right, Sarah. It's only episode 41. <laughs> That's right. We've got a long way to go. We've got a long way to go. Um, all right. I'm super glad that Priscilla put us in touch. Um, I'm, I'm really glad that you've carved some time out of your busy schedule to talk with us on the podcast today. Um, super interesting stuff. And I really hope to see you from the other side of the glass one of these times soon as things are opening up. So I really appreciate it, Sarah. Thanks so much. And rock and roll.